0: I don't know how many times over the last 40 or so years that I've heard a sort of a lament, uh, oh, how I wish we were a New Testament church. I wish that we were like the New Testament churches. And I have one answer. I mean, it's, it's always the same answer. Well, which one of those New Testament churches do you want us to be? Which one do you want us to be like, the Romans? or maybe the Corinthians or the Colossians or the Ephesians or the Philippians which one Paul wrote to each of those churches and to each church he was writing because they were having problems that he had to address as an apostle Take the church at Corinth In chapter 1 you read the first nine verses everything's great You get to chapter, to verse 10 of chapter 1 and you discover there's disunity among you. Chapter, uh, verse 11 of chapter 1, there's quarreling among you. And then you read over to chapter 3 and verse 3 and it says there's jealousy and strife among you. And you get to chapter 6 and you read there are grievances in the church. And you read on in that chapter and they're filing lawsuits against one another, taking one another to court. Then you get to chapter 7 and they're arguing over marriage and singleness and divorce. You get to chapter 8, and there's idolatry and food offered to idols. It's causing differences between the strong and the weak Christians in, in the body. And I'm going to uh, skip over chapters 10 and 11, come back to them in a second. So chapters 12 through 14 deals with the problems they were having and the differences they were having over their understanding of spiritual gifts and how they were to be used in the church then you get to chapter 15 and they're fighting and arguing and differing over the resurrection maybe the key doctrine the most fundamental thing in the Christian church and the Christian faith and they're arguing about it and he has to set them straight on on that we haven't even talked about the moral issues you know, In chapter 5, there's adultery in the form of incest. So you read on and you get out of that chapter and you get into chapter 6 and it's adultery in the form of the use of prostitutes. Now we come to the passage we read a few minutes ago, chapter 10, verses 16 and 17. And as I pointed out there, Paul's actually dealing with the issue of idolatry over which there were different opinions in the church which we don't have time to go into but that Paul was actually dealing with at the time. And he was using the example of the Lord's Supper to show why Christians should avoid the pagan altars or pagan tables. This is what happens when we come to the Lord's table. We participate in the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. Why would you want to participate in the idolatrous pagan tables and eating the food that's offered there to the idols uh, then in chapter 11 Paul's teaching specifically about the Lord's Supper dealing with yet another division in their ranks, it's a socio-economic one the well-off who didn't have to work could well afford to come early to the love feast of which the Lord's Supper then was a part and apparently what was happening they would get there and they'd eat And they'd drink. They'd get full on the food. Some were getting drunk, maybe on the communion wine. And then the working class people, the poorer people, would come after a full day's work. The food was gone. There was no wine. And these issues, I mean, they were important in and of themselves. But of greater importance was the fact that they were creating division among the Corinthians. In fact, they began to cause a deep spiritual rift between individuals and groups who thought themselves on a higher spiritual plane than, than others, their brothers and sisters, because of their particular positions they took on particular issues. Marian Swords wrote in his commentary on, on 1 Corinthians, Seemingly at the root of all these concerns was the desire of certain Corinthian Christians to establish their own spiritual status. The concern with spirituality and the comparison of the spiritual standing of one person or group with that of another took a remarkably diverse set of forms from parsimonious asceticism to avaricious licentiousness with many configurations in between. There's your New Testament church, brothers and sisters. <laughs> I'd love to read about it. You know why? It makes us, maybe it doesn't look, make us look great, but maybe it looks, makes us look maybe not quite so bad as we sometimes feel we are. The problem among the Corinthians was that they had lost sight of the greater thing that they had in common. That was the problem. And that brings us to the purpose of this morning's sermon. To stress the importance of the unity of the body, the church. Which was ultimately why Paul wrote that first letter to the Corinthians. And all that brings us to what is going to be a distinctly un-Presbyterian sermon un because it has but one point and that's it you have to make up the other two points find your own, well it does have a point and we will pray, so it's getting close but one point but it's a hugely important point that you don't want to dilute with any other points it's the most important thing you're going to hear this morning point, Roman numeral one and note there is no Roman numeral two What unites us at South Banlew's Presbyterian Church is the body and the blood of Jesus Christ given for us. What unites us at South Banlew's Presbyterian Church is nothing more, nothing less, nothing other than the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ given up on a cross for us and our salvation. Everything else practically in the world tends to divide us, doesn't it? We already talked about social and economic differences there at at Corinth. They're here. Just look around you. We're all over the spectrum uh, economically and and socially, and, and that's good. And there's a matter of personal backgrounds. We come from all different sorts of backgrounds and situations and whatever. We're probably at a different, at least a little differing educational levels. Geography is an issue. We come from all over the place. We all live all over Baton Rouge and uh, across the river and, uh, you know, in, in every direction. We live in three or four, maybe five different parishes. And there's personal tastes, and there's likes, and there are dislikes. And then there's SEC football. We have Auburn people here. Wait, wait. We have Alabama people here. And Mississippi State, Ole Miss and then if that's not enough there's gumbo (laughs) Philite or okra God forbid there's anyone here that would use both in a single batch of gumbo (laughs) that requires counseling From New Orleans, you say, Well, red. If you're from across the river, you say, well, Brown. Who ever heard of red gumbo? Who puts tomatoes in gumbo? New Orleans, you say, Well, who doesn't put tomatoes in gumbo? You live in St. Anthony Parish, you never knew what you were going to get. You know, <laughs> squirrel gumbo or whatever. Rice? Potato salad. I mean, that's an issue, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, if you grew up on the German coast, your name might now be LeBlanc, but when your family got here, it was Weiss. English White. And it didn't take those Germans long to figure out they're living in a French place, and so they changed their name to LeBlanc. But they never got over putting the stupid... Potato salad in the middle of a bowl of gumbo. <laughs> it's amazing the things that can divide us and separate us. <clears throat> and then there's the worship wars. You know that we're getting closer enough. Pipe organ or, or guitar? Which is holier? Which is more sanctified? Which is more biblical? we sing hymns, do we sing songs, chants, choruses, which is more biblical? Robe, suit, blazer, slacks, tie or no tie, or sweater and khakis? Black t shirt and skinny jeans. I was going to get someone to wear them, and Linda said, Absolutely not, you'll frighten the children. You know? What room is this? What are we in? Where are we sitting? Where are you sitting right now? What room? Sanctuary? Auditorium? Worship center? The big room? And those are things we can laugh about and joke about. Think about the other things. It's part of us. It's part of being a part of this church. Any church, the church. there are those things over which we genuinely differ. Let me tell to, to you this: There's nothing wrong in this world with that. Unity is not, and never has been, never will be, unanimity. Unity means living with each other and the differences and not letting them become divisions. If all these differences, and we could, good night, how many of them could we list just in the people in this world? Points where we differ. But. We're one in this. Jesus Christ. Gave himself up. For us. That's what makes us one. Which we celebrate. By sharing. In the Lord's Supper. When you read our standards as a church, they don't allow for individual communion, except in the case of for shut-ins. But ordinarily, we don't do that one-on-one. I mean, we go, we'll barely bring a guitar, or or if not, we'll go and we'll sing the songs that we sing in worship, the Sunday closest to that, we'll go to communion. We'll read the scriptures. We'll talk about the scriptures. we we'll do it. And we will partake together. It's communion for goodness sakes. It's not for the individual. It's for the community. It's something we participate jointly in. At South Baptist Church here, that's why we pass the bread we ask you to hold it until everyone's been served. And then we eat together. We pass it. Uh, the, the cup, and we ask everybody to hold it until we can partake together, just to demonstrate that fact. When I came to to Christ, when I was coming to Christ, it was uh, in the middle late 60s, somewhere in there, uh, into the early 70s, maybe even into the 80s. But there was a word that was everywhere you turned in Christendom, in evangelical Christendom, or. Koinonia this, Koinonia that, Koinonia the other thing. There were churches, the Koinonia Community Church, Koinonia Presbyterian Church. The you know, koinonia, koinonia groups. There were Koinonia seminars. There were koinonia, It was Koinonia was everywhere. It means fellowship. It, it, it means a sharing in, a participating, a joint participation in. Paul uses that word koinonia in First uh, Corinthians ten sixteen. Uh, you know, is it, not uh, this cup uh, we a we, uh, blessing we bless? Is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? Is it not a koinonia in the blood of Christ? This, this bread that we break is it not a koinonia in the body of Christ? Is it not a fellowshipping in this? This is our community. This this is our fellowship. This is our joint participation. We share in the body and the blood of Christ. When when Paul's saying that, he doesn't mean we're drinking or eating the actual physical uh, body and blood of the Savior, but rather that we're sharing in the benefits. Bought with that body and blood at Calvary. And that's what makes us one. Jesus died to deliver us from our sins that we might be reconciled to our Heavenly Father. And that, and nothing else, is the great unifying factor Of the church of Jesus Christ. There is nothing else that brings us together. Nothing else that will ever hold us together. Nothing else in which we stand. I don't care if you're Presbyterian or Episcopalian or Lutheran. It doesn't matter. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Crucified. Dead. Buried. Risen. On the third When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, then, we are celebrating our common lot in Jesus. And in doing so, we transcend all these differences that there are between us. It's a matter of focus. It's a matter of focus. If we focus on our differences, we sin. No other word for it. Whatever the difference between us may be, we sin. But that's what we're focusing on. And here's why. It means we're focusing on ourselves, our feelings, our, whatever position you take. It's either a I, or a me, or an us or if we're focused on what people who differ from us believe or think or act do we think about that? It's sin because it takes our eyes off of Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our sin, to whom alone you and I are to be always constantly looking. It's sin because it disrupts the unity which rests solely upon the body and blood of Jesus Christ given for us. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face at the things of earth, all those dividing divisive, differing things, all of those opinions, all of those feelings everything that tends to pull us apart will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. What unites us at South Baton Rouge Presbyterian Church. What unites us as South Baton Rouge Presbyterian Church is the body and the blood of Jesus Christ given for us. Let's pray about it.